From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Cadet. This is Idaho Matters. The Idaho legislature has a new school choice bill. GOP lawmakers introduced this legislation at the end of January. Now, lawmakers have tried over the past several years to put some kind of program in place that would let parents choose where their children go to school, using everything from vouchers to education savings accounts, but none of those past proposals have become law. So we want to take a deeper dive into school choice, and we're talking a lot about how this would impact children and parents, along with public and private schools, charter and religious schools, as well as taxpayers and educators. So we wanted to break down exactly what's in this year's bill. So we asked Ian Max Stevenson with the Idaho Statesman to sit down and talk about it. Ian, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Ian, this latest iteration is called the Parental Choice Tax Credit. Who's bringing this bill to the legislature? So the bill comes from uh, Representative Wendy Horman and Senator Lori Den Hartog, and I think some other lawmakers are um, starting to sponsor it as well. Um, but the basic layout is it's largely organized around a tax rebate, uh, which would mean uh, parents who send their children not to public schools, but to private schools, or they homeschool their children, or perhaps they do some sort of alternative learning method, like a smaller pod with a number of other students. They could be eligible potentially uh, to up to $5,000 in uh, a tax rebate, uh, which would they would be, once they pay their taxes for the year, would be applied at that point. And then, so that, that that's kind of the basic layout of the bill. Mm-hmm. There's also, a, uh, that's about $40 million that the state uh, would be setting aside for that. Another $10 million would be for uh, the same $5,000, but it would be for a grant program for, and that's mostly targeted people who are a little bit lower income. Uh, the idea being that maybe if they can't afford to wait for that tax rebate, they could get the money up front. And there's $10 million set aside for that grant. So a total of $50 million, 40 for the tax rebates, 10 for the grants. Okay. So if I'm understanding this correctly, Ian, um, you could get $5,000 in a tax credit per child. Yes. And I'll, I'll add that if you have a special needs child, you can get a little bit more up to $7,500. Okay. And so then, Ian, this money this or this tax credit, because you're paying this up front, does it have to go towards a private or religious school education? Or let's say you choose to keep your child in public school. Can you use those funds for things like tutoring, uh, you know, et cetera? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I believe, no. My understanding is that if, you're, if your child is in public school, uh, they can't use this money. This would be for uh, someone who's in private school or some kind of religious school or homeschooling. And mm-hmm. um, But you could use it uh, if your child is in any of those other um, alternative schooling methods. You could use it for tuition. You could use it for tutoring, as you said. You could use it for even transportation costs to get to school um, or school supplies, testing materials, really anything that falls under the education of your child. Okay. And and it is a com- it's a first come first serve basis, right? Yes, and that's I think very important to point out. Um, this is this is a, a program that, as I said, is capped at fifty million dollars at least at least for now. If if this were to go through, and uh, so that would mean that only the first set of people who are fastest to apply for this likely um, 
would be eligible for the $5,000 rebate or, or the $5,000 grant, depending on uh, which category you fall in. And at some point, that money, presumably, if, if enough people apply for it, uh, it would run out. And, and so uh, people who are eligible, um, but who do their taxes a little bit later in the year, um, or who are a little bit later in their application for the grant, they wouldn't be able to get the money. And that's something mm-hmm. that um, I think the cap is there because there's been a lot of concern, uh, both in Idaho and really around the country in recent years about the costs of some of these um, school voucher or school choice bills. Um, Mm -hmm. We've seen in some other states, uh, like in Arizona, uh, they instituted a couple of years ago a a school voucher program that was supposed to cost tens of millions of dollars. Uh, Now that that program's up and running, it's projected to cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, And I think for, you know, for proponents of this bill, this, this is something that could give people who don't want to put their kids in public school more options to help them cover expenses. Uh, but for opponents of this bill, I think there's a lot of concern that this is going to reduce funding for public schools. And so mm-hmm. putting that initial cap, I think, is um, aimed at kind of assuaging some of those concerns for now. But the sponsors have said that if this law goes through, um, that they would hope to reevaluate the need uh, or the the want for this uh, this kind of program in the future, and so if there is a lot of interest, if um, if all the funds are used and there's still people on the wait list who applied, uh, we might see the legislature come back and try to appropriate more money for this in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when we're talking tax credits here, Ian, let's walk through this a little bit. So, a tax credit, as you said, is something that you put on your taxes to basically get that credit once you file your taxes at the end of the fiscal year. Tuition doesn't work that way. You cannot put your child in 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 private school and then say, oh, I'll get that money to you once I get my 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 tax credit. And let's take a school like Bishop Kelly, for example. If if you're Catholic, it's about ten thousand dollars. If you're a non-Catholic, it's around fourteen thousand dollars per year. So even a $5,000 tax credit doesn't even come close to paying for that tuition. So what about the argument that that some opponents make that this is only for people that can already afford to send their children to private school because you have to pay up front? Right. That That's certainly an argument that um, Democrats in the legislature in particular are making um, and an argument that has been made also around the country that these programs, um, that there's sort of already a lot of children who are in private schools um, because their families can currently afford them, and there's no income cap tied to this. So um, a wealthy family in Boise, for instance, that's uh, sending their child to Bishop Kelly or perhaps even sending their child to uh, another private school in the area, some of which cost even more than that. There are a couple schools that cost upwards of twenty five dollars or $26,000 a year, mm-hmm. um, that they could apply to this, this uh, tax credit like everyone else, get that $5,000 rebate, um, and they'd be taking a s- slot that might then not go rather to a student who's in public school now, uh, but whose parents are interested in homeschooling them or who are interested in sending them to Bishop Kelly or another school. Um, so I think that's certainly a concern for opponents that... Um, a lot of this money could go to families that can already afford to send their children um, to school by other means to at private institutions, and that it's not 
at this on the flip side, it's not that it's not quite enough money to really cover uh, all of the expenses that that a person would have that a family would have if they want to send their child to private school. And so if they can't already afford to do that, this might not get them over the hump. And I understand, Ian, that in this in this bill, as you mentioned, that they've the, the these legislators have taken this ten million dollars, saying, "All right, we do know that some people don't have the means to send their children to private school, so we want to give them kind of a a boost, right? Right. But even right. But so so explain that. So will they get? Would they get this? What is it? Forty seven hundred dollars plus this five thousand dollar tax credit as well? Because even when you combine those it's still not enough money to go to the majority of private schools. The grant is this is is the same $5,000 um, eligibility amount for for students, but the, the difference okay. is that a family would have to qualify for the federal earned income tax credit, um, which is uh, a number figured by the SRS that covers low, low to moderate income families. So if you qualify for that already on your federal income taxes, that's that's what would make you eligible for this ten million dollar bucket to get the grant and to get the funds um, a little bit earlier. Upfront. Okay, so so you could at least pay part of that tuition upfront. Right. Okay. So, Ian, with all of that said, talk very. I know you mentioned this too that if you have a special needs child, there there's a separate credit for for that as well. And 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 tell us again what that amount would be. Yeah, so that's it's a it's a little bit higher than the five thousand dollars. It's seventy five hundred dollars or seven thousand five hundred dollars. So families with children with special needs, again, first come first serve basis, but um, they'd be eligible for a little bit more funding per per child. And and Ian, I know you mentioned you know Democrats are making this this argument you know against the this this school choice in in regards to it only helps the the, the wealthy the affluent. But what are what are backers of of this bill saying? Because this has been something that has come up for the last few years, and and there are there are lawmakers who believe this is the right thing to do for Idaho. Yeah, there there certainly are. Um, I think a lot of the proponents of the bill are advocates of homeschooling, or as we've talked about, advocates of um, religious schools. Um, people who, for whatever reason don't want their children in public schools, or maybe they don't like their local public school, or maybe they just want a religious education, or they want some sort of different education for their child. There is, I think, you know, concern that from some of these proponents that they pay taxes to the state, which go towards paying for public education. Uh, But then if they want to send their children to a private institution, they then also, on top of that, pay for the tuition and other expenses associated with that school. So Mm -hmm. they kind of claim that they're kind of paying twice, um, as they would put it, I think, um, and that they think that based on where they choose to send their uh, child to be educated, they should be able to redirect some of that funding Mm -hmm. that goes at the moment to public education to where their child is actually being educated. I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. My understanding is that there are only private schools in only four Idaho counties. So you looked at the numbers on this, correct? I took a look at where most of Idaho's private schools are. And uh, what I found looking at some state data is there are about 120 registered private schools. And it's a little hard to tell because the state actually doesn't regulate private schools. But roughly mm-hmm. speaking, there are about 120 private schools. And the majority of them are in four counties, Ada County, Canyon County, Kootenai County, and Twin Falls County. 
So that's another point that um, some opponents of this uh, proposal have brought up, which is that there are hardly, as you said, there are hardly any private schools in rural parts of the state. So that means that uh, families who live in the small towns of Idaho, often it's really just the, the public school where they where they might uh, be sending their kids to school. So they don't have a, even if they wanted to send their child to private school, there isn't one nearby that they could use this $5,000 for. Mm -hmm. And if it is the case that spending this kind of money on this program at some point down the line reduces funds for public school, the argument is that that'll just harm harm that child who's living in small town Idaho and only has a public school to go to. Before I let you go, I do want to go back to the cost of tuition really quickly. I know we focused um, on on Bishop Kelly for a moment there, but there are other pu uh, private schools. I, I mean, private school ranges roughly about, I mean, there are a couple, a handful that maybe $5,000 is, is the tuition. However, as you mentioned, there are schools that go up to that $25,000 annual tuition. Right. Um, I looked at a couple of schools in the area. Bishop Kelly, as you mentioned, is about $10,000. Uh, Riverstone, a private school in the area, is about $26,000. Uh, so that's that's quite a lot of money um, per year. And if, if you got this $5,000 rebate, you'd be down to $21,000. But uh, for a family that can't already afford that, um, that's still going to be a really big lift to, to pay that amount for each of their children uh, every year. So, Ian, where is the bill right now? Ha ha has there been a public hearing on it? Will there be a public hearing on it? So uh, the bill has just been introduced. So it had a very brief, uh, what's known as a print hearing. So not very much discussion about it, but it, just enough to introduce it into the um, House. At that hearing, uh, there was a little bit of uh, resistance from um, a couple of legislators, and including um, at least one Republican who seemed to be concerned about the potential cost of this. Um, but so that's where it is right now. It'll likely be scheduled for a, a full public hearing in a legislative committee, perhaps as soon as next week. Um, uh, we'd have, we'll have to be checking back on the agendas to see when they schedule things. Sometimes it's, it can be pretty uh, <laughs> up to the last minute. Um, mm -hmm. So, but likely in the next few weeks, it'll get a public hearing, uh, at which point uh, after, after that, the uh, legislative committee will vote on it. And then it'll be sent, if it's passed, it'll go to the floor of the house. And then um, after that, if it passes over to the Senate. So it still has a ways to go to get to the legislature, but it started on that journey. Well, I want to thank you so much, Ian, um, for coming in and, and breaking this down for us so we have a better understanding of, of how this bill is, is working. So appreciate all of your reporting you've been doing on this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.